0: Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Yay. Thank you. Awesome. Well, favourites. I'll take that. Who likes favourites? The chocolate I'm talking about, obviously. Well, it's awesome to be here with you today. I can't believe that we're actually one twelfth through the year. Do you think that's crazy? One twelfth through the year. Already. Bam. I know, it's insane. So yeah, I want to welcome you into church today. And for those of you that are watching or listening to podcasts, we want to welcome you as well. And I also don't believe that it's you're here by accident tuning into Bayside, watching or listening today, I believe that God has a word for you and I believe that you'll be able to grab something today and I'm praying for that. And everyone here said, Amen. Well, we're going to be reading from Acts 8 today, but before um, we read that, uh, we do need to do a little bit of a backstory. Now, Acts, if you are familiar with your Bible at all, is a very interesting turning point for people that believe in God, isn't it? Because Acts is where... We get the Holy Spirit. Acts is where we get the Holy Spirit. We literally get the third person of God given to us. Even Jesus said, it is better that I go so that the helper can come here and be with you. And that's relevant for us today as it was thousands of years ago. So in Acts, there was some awesome stuff happening. There were people getting saved by the dozen, by the hundreds. Um, Demons were getting cast out. People were getting healed. Families were getting restored and turned around. And the Bible says that there was great joy around the city and around the people. So it was an exciting time where people were getting filled to overflow and there was lots of good stuff going on. But because there were so many people, they needed to bring a little bit of order to what was going on because, you know, when there's lots of crowds, they needed to kind of manage it a bit. So what they did, they chose seven people who had good character, they loved God, and they got them to help feed the widows and kind of put some order into the move of God that was going on, which is cool. One of these people was a guy called Philip, and that's who we're going to read about today. So Philip was a very busy man. He was very involved in um, a Samaritan city, Samaria, and he, he was right there on the forefront. So he wasn't just organising it. He wasn't just handing out food. He was there. He was full of the Holy Spirit himself. And he was healing. Um, God was using him to heal people, to cast out demons. It, it would have been such an exciting, big, awesome time, wouldn't it? So he was busy. He was a busy boy, as, as they all were, because the presence of God was moving. So that's when... That's what he was doing and this is where we're going to start this scripture in Acts eight, twenty-six, And we're reading from the Amplified today. Acts eight twenty-six, But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, so while he was busy doing his thing, doing God's work, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem down to Gaza. This is a desert road, so not a popular highway by any means. So he got up and he went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a man of great authority, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. So he had gone to buy a scroll, so obviously he had a bit of money to be able to afford that, and he was reading that in the chariot on the way home. Obviously he wasn't driving, because we all know we can't read and drive at the same time. Then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip, so God had told him to go on the desert road and then the Spirit said, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah and asked, do you understand what you're reading? It's not condescending at all. (laughs) And he said, well, how could I understand unless someone guides me correctly? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now this was a passage of scripture which he was reading. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And that's from the book of Isaiah. The eunuch replied to Philip, please tell me about whom does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip spoke and beginning with this scripture, he preached Jesus to him, explaining that he is the promised Messiah and the source of salvation. As they continued along the road, they came to some water, pretty handy being in the desert and coming along some water. And the eunuch exclaimed, look, water, what forbids me from being baptized? In other words, what's stopping me from being baptized now and starting my relationship with God? Philip said to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's pretty cool. And he ordered that the chariot be stopped and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and carried him away to a different place. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. (laughs) Philip then suddenly found himself miraculously deposited in a town not too far away, Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the good news of salvation to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Amen. Isn't that cool? Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you that you use my words to speak to hearts today. I thank you that there are open hearts here today. I thank you that your Holy Spirit does want to do some work. He wants to do some business today, so we're preparing for that. And um, we just give it to you. Help me in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Cool. So um, I have to say, I actually... I love I talking, so I was very excited um, to be able to share with you this January, and I wrote about two or three different messages, because I'm like, oh, maybe I can speak on this, and this is so cool, and maybe I can speak on this, and this is so cool, but I came to this one, and I really felt, not a pressure, I felt the weight drop, like this is it today, so as I'm reading this, I always love um, to pull it, pull it apart, and I just want to say If you read your Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, he does. Because for so many years and so many times, I have done it as a chore. I've done it as something because I know that's what good Christians do not all the time I'm not saying God hasn't spoken to me but sometimes it can just be another tick in the morning or the evening kind of okay I've got to read this tick and we don't partner with the Holy Spirit so the scripture doesn't come alive so as I was reading this I was saying God help the scripture to come alive and it is way better when you do that (laughs) so I saw a few things that I just want to explain to us briefly about this scripture that we've just read so Philip was busy doing the Lord's work wasn't he? Yes, he was busy. He wasn't sloughing around, drinking cocktails by the beach. He was busy preaching and healing and teaching the Word of God and people's lives were being transformed. And then the Word says that an angel of the Lord came to him. In verse 26, an angel appeared to Philip and he acted immediately. It said, get up, go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem. This is the desert road. So he's giving him a very specific instruction. Do you think Philip argued? There's no record of that. I mean, I'm sure he might have had some process. Are you sure, God? Like, I'm busy over here. There's people being transformed. Your spirit is flowing. Joy is overflowing. But you want me to go on a desert road? He might have had some conversations, but it wasn't significant enough that the Bible says it. He got up and he went immediately. If I saw an angel, I'd probably run to. But... He was in tune and he knew that this was God speaking to him. He had tuned his ear into what the Holy Spirit was saying. So he left, he obeyed and he got up immediately. He had no idea where he was going and it wouldn't have made sense in the the natural, would it? He would have had to have said to his buddies, hey, hey, um, so an angel's just appeared to me and I need to go south right now on this desert road so I'll leave you all with the work, the people, bye, take my job, take my job and off he went. It didn't make sense in the natural But it doesn't always make sense when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, does it? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And I love that he's so personal. He'll often speak something to us and we go, oh, really? That? Okay. Um, And we can have a little bit of an argument. We can have a little bit of a pause and we can think, okay, I feel like, you know, because the Holy Spirit, when we get saved... When we ask Jesus to live in our life, his presence comes and dwells inside of us, so we all do have the Holy Spirit. But it takes a while to tune to his voice sometimes, doesn't it? It can take some time, it can take some practice. But what if we do have a nudge? What if he does drop something on us and says, I want you to do this? How's your obedience level to that? How's my obedience level to that? I'm preaching to myself here. Are you a yes immediately, drop everything and go like Philip? Or are you on the Jonah scale? (laughs) Where you go no, 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 and you backtrack right out of there and go try and get away from what God's asking you to do. Why be spirit-filled and live a mediocre life? because I don't think God's calling us to live a mediocre life. I don't think 2022 is time for you to live a mediocre life. I think the Holy Spirit really wants to get involved, get personal, because he is personable to you and your situation, to your problems, to your hearts, to your desires. He's personable. And I want to ask you, what is he asking you to do that perhaps you've been delaying? Perhaps you've been slowing down. Who's he asking you to speak to? What's he asking you to give, to sow into? Maybe he's told you to give away some money, or your time. Maybe he's asked you to serve somewhere. Oh, that doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? And you're having this internal dialogue instead of just listening. Maybe he's asking you to apologise to someone. You know what's there. You can feel the nudge. But you're having a big pause. Perhaps he's just saying to you, hey, I like you. I want to spend time with you, so get up and read your word. Maybe that's your word. Maybe the Holy Spirit's just nudging you. Get into the word. Get into the word. Get into the word. Because when we read the word, we learn about who he is, about who his spirit is, about what God's done for us. Maybe that's the word for you this year. Get into the word of God. Stop putting it off. Why be spirit-filled and live a mediocre life when we can be energised and God can recharge us and he can fill us up? I don't know. I think Victor Harbour's got more than mediocre Christians sitting here listening, watching. I think God wants to call you to be an impacting Christian. God wants to call you to be a full Christian, someone that can overflow, someone that can love on others, someone that can learn to trust him. So that when he says, hey, go on that desert road, you go, I don't understand, but okay. We don't have to understand. So Philip acted immediately. The second thing is, that I saw when I was reading this, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't always reveal part two until we obey part one. He had no idea what was going to be on the road. And if you remember, there was a lot of persecution going on at that time, wasn't there? What if he was going to be killed? What if he was going to be stoned? What if Saul was going to come around a corner and get him? Had no idea. The Holy Spirit is looking for us to obey him. He's looking for us to listen to him. He's looking for us to trust him, not because he's a dictator, because he has the best in mind for you and for me. He knows the beginning to the end. He can see the pathways of our life and is saying, hey, trust me, let's go on this journey together. He doesn't always reveal part two. In verse 29... So first off, we have the angel that tells him to go on the desert road. The second time that God speaks to him in this scripture, it says, verse 29, the Spirit says to him, go up to that chariot and stay near it. Go join that chariot. So then he has a specific direction, which tells me that Philip had tuned his ears to the Holy Spirit. He didn't just see it see it and think, oh, hey, hey, and let it go past. No, the Holy Spirit spoke. He reacted again. This is influencing me. How many times do we ignore the nudging of the Holy Spirit, go up to that person, go up to that car, go pay for their petrol, go share the love of God with them? It's easy to get caught up in life, but Philip obeyed, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he offered to help the man. I mean, he did say, do you know what you're reading? Ouch. (laughs) But I'm sure it was contextual in those days. But he offered to help and he explained who Jesus was and what he did. Offered to help, explained who Jesus was and what he did. And do you know what? This is actually the last time in this scripture that we hear the Holy Spirit specifically given instruction. From here what happens is it flows out of the abundance of who Christ is inside Philip and he just pours it out. He doesn't have to have the Holy Spirit instructing him step by step. Now you need to say this. Now you're my robot. No. He's got the Holy Spirit inside of him. So he just preaches Jesus. He just tells him stories. He tells him about scriptures. He's probably telling him, would you believe this is what's going on in Acts? People's lives are being transformed. Out of an abundance. You know, it's our responsibility as Christians not to live mediocre, but to be filling ourselves with the love and the word of God. So when we talk to people, it flows out of us. And that's one of the best things about the Holy Spirit. The scriptures say he causes us to remember things. To remember things, we have to be putting things inside of us. How can we remember if you've got an empty blank? You don't have anything in here. I want to challenge you to start remembering some scriptures this year. It's so easy to think we can just read it tomorrow, we can read it tomorrow. I've been writing scriptures on post-it notes because this is my personal challenge this year. I'm here along with you. I've been writing on post-it notes and every day, I'm not joking, I forget them. And I open my Bible the next morning and I read it again and go, oh, how did I forget that? But after a week, it's starting to get in there. And I'm believing and asking the Holy Spirit to help me. I don't have... I'm thinking about coffee. I'm thinking about dinner. I'm thinking about kids. I'm thinking about who needs a nappy change. My head's full. We've all got full heads and full lives, right? But it's important to me because I don't want to be mediocre in my walk with God. So I want to challenge you and encourage you to remember some scripture this year. Find some of your favourites. On that, Philip was busy preaching. He was talking about who Jesus was, about what he did. Perhaps you're in this room or you're watching or you're listening on the podcast and you haven't met Jesus yet. Perhaps there's a little bit of an interest you've heard, you're inquisitive, there's a pull, there's a tug, there's a draw towards Jesus. But you haven't actually said, hey, I want to get to know you. I want you to come inside my heart, which sounds so Christianese. Basically, you're saying you want to become friends with Jesus. And if that's you today, if you're listening, watching, if you're here in this room, you can do that anytime. Because Jesus thought of you while he was on the cross. While he was on the cross in pain, he thought of you. And he has got a full and abundant life for us. Why would we want to walk without him? I don't. I don't want to walk without him. Jesus has got so much for you. He's got joy. He's got peace. He's got freedom. He takes away your shame. He walks with us day to day. He takes away our pain. He's got a hope. He gives us a future in him and we have salvation. It's a good deal. It is a good friendship. As well as that, we get to know Jesus. He's given us the helper, the Holy Spirit, someone that can come alongside of and uh, come alongside of us and nudge us into the fullness of Christ. So you can ask Jesus that anytime. Anytime. Amen. Yeah. The Holy Spirit doesn't always reveal part two till we've obeyed part one. The third thing that I see in this awesome scripture is that it wasn't Philip that changed the man's heart, was it? He was obedient to God. He preached the gospel. He told him what he knew about Jesus, what he was doing, who Jesus was. Our responsibility is not to change people's hearts. Our responsibility is just to listen to the Holy Spirit and he does the work. He does the work. And I love this. In verse 36, he says, As they continued along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch exclaimed, Look, water! What forbids me from being baptized? See, Philip didn't say to him, drag him to the water, say, Now, in order to um, give your life to Christ, you need to follow these three steps. No. He got excited. He was inquisitive. The Holy Spirit was doing something on the inside of him, and he went, I want that. I want my life transformed. I want to go home different. And he did. He went home different. He went to Ethiopia and he changed what was going on in that country at that time. Because Philip obeyed to go on the desert road. Because Philip went beside the chariot. Because Philip spoke out of the abundance that was inside of him. And the Holy Spirit did the work. See, I think that takes a big weight off of us, don't you? (sighs) We don't have to be the one to change people's lives. We just love him. Yeah. We listen to the Holy Spirit because he is personal to you and your situation and he is personable. Very good. He is good. He was not responsible for transformation and that's good news that we don't have to carry that weight. Caleb and I, we've been married for 12 years, so this year is our 13th year coming up. Can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> I married well. And um, one of the things that he and I would both say is that marriage can sometimes be hard. I know, shock, horror. Uh, It doesn't always come easily. It takes hard work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that I see in, and as does any good relationship, obviously, any friendship, any family member, any work colleague, it takes work and investment. One of the things that we do get in our marriage is what I would call a lot of token time. Token time is just the time we get because we happen to be together. So we'll often wake up similar times in the morning, have a quick coffee before he goes to work, we chat on the phone during the day, hey, can you grab bread and milk, we're out again. Um, and then he comes home, we have dinner with the kids and then it's on to bath and teeth and bed and pyjamas and stories and then often we fall onto the couch after our jobs are done, the animals are packed away and, um, you know, the dishes, oh, hey, how you going, you know, and then we go to whatever it is, you know, we chat but we generally are doing whatever it is we need to be doing that night. This is what I would call token time because We're in each other's presence, but we're not really investing into our relationship. See, he and I can both attest that when our relationship is the best, when it is the strongest, when we are getting along the best because we understand one another is when we are spending intentional time together. Not token time, not just, you know, you're doing life together, you're alongside, but it's when we take a pause. It's when we go for a walk without the kids. ...and look at the sunset and we talk and connect. It's when we go out for good food. (laughs) Amen. This is a word for the Lord for you. It's when we go out for good food and we can talk uninterrupted. We're holding hands across the table. We're talking, you know, how's your day? What's God been saying? Like, what's worrying you? This is annoying. This is great. This is where I think we're going to go. Where do you want to go on holidays? And we take time to connect with one another. When we are at those good connecting times... When we spent quality time together, I can tell what Caleb's thinking without him even having to say anything. Because I know how to read him. I've known him for a long time now. And I know when he's thinking I know when he's annoyed. I can see it in his eyes. I know when he's happy. I know when he's got a weight on his shoulders. Because I know how to read Caleb. Because I haven't just been doing the allocated token time with him. I'm spending quality time with him because it's a relationship that I want to grow. As this is true for marriages, friendships, relationships, it's also true with the Holy Spirit. How many times do we spend token time? Oh, yes, I'll just tick off my Bible reading plan. I come to church and that's all I feed myself during the week. I might do a quick chat, but mostly my prayers are about me and my needs. Help me get through the traffic. (laughs) Help me get this. Oh, God, this is so frustrating. This person. That's token time. And I think that if we're going to be connecting and walking with the God of the universe, he deserves a little bit more than token time. In 2022, God deserves intentional time for our relationship to grow with him, doesn't he? Because he wants to connect with you. He has literally sent us a helper. A helper. He deserves more than token time. In John 14, 16, beautiful scripture. This is Jesus speaking, and I will ask the Father, which is God, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, not sure on that one, but anyway, to be with you forever. John 14:16. this is who the Holy Spirit is. How many of you can put your hands up and say you know all of that about him? You know all of those aspects, few? How many could think, oh, well, I suppose he's comforted me when I've been really upset, yes? He has got so many facets of who he is and we need to learn to know him. We need to stop doing that token time. We need to spend that intentional time with him because this year, this is an exciting year. I honestly believe this is gonna be one of your best years yet. It doesn't have to be like 2021. It doesn't have to be like 2020. The Holy Spirit wants to connect with you at a different, new, fresh level. So we need to take that intentional time with him because this is what he's got for us. It's not something mediocre. It's not something, oh, I suppose it's okay. The Greek word for helper or comforter refers to the one who is called alongside, called alongside one another, providing the idea of a guide or encourager during times of need. A guide, an encourager during times of need. Who feels like they need that? Yeah, I do. When I received the Holy Spirit, because I believe there are different, you know, when we give our lives to Christ, he comes and indwells amongst within us, and that's when we learn to get to know him and talk to him and learn to listen to his voice and his nudgings. but I also believe he can kind of fall upon us where we get filled to overflow, where we get filled with joy or peace, and it's amazing and beautiful and there can be times in your life, hands up anyone that's had that before where you just get filled with the Holy Spirit, you feel his presence and you feel his love and his joy, his strengthening and when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was about seven and I was talking to my pastor and she prayed for me, she said do you want the Holy Spirit? So I had given my life to God at five and I remember that very specifically, I remember um, you know, the picture of the, cl- the cliffs on either side and there's no way we can get to Jesus. So the cross comes and builds a bridge across the cliffs. Um, and I understood that at five, obviously at a child's level of understanding, but I understood there's no way for me to get to Jesus unless it's Jesus, you know? Um, and so when I was seven, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, which sounds very Christianese. But anyway, my pastor just said, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was like, sounds pretty cool. Yes, I do. My Barbie says yes, I says yes, let's go. And, um, you know, because I was seven. (laughs) And she prayed for me and I did. She said, start speaking. And I started speaking in tongues. I started speaking in tongues and I was full of joy and I just started giggling (laughs) at seven. The Holy Spirit knows you, he knows your situation, he doesn't want to hold back, all he's waiting for is an open heart, all he's waiting for is for you to say yes, I want that, wow, I want to know you better, wow. I want to know these aspects of you, the helper, the comforter, because he is personal to you and he is so personable, wow. he's so beautiful. What we're going to do today, as moving forward, um, I'm just—we're going to pray for the people that are watching and listening online, because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent; he's everywhere. So they don't need to be here in this room to be feeling from him or receiving something from him. Amen. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We're going to pray for the people online and listening that you get a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, wow. because God wants to take you deeper and further in 2022 he wants to walk alongside of us in life's challenges so can we do that church how about we all stand up and we're believing father if you're listening or you are watching i just want you to put your hands out if you can don't not not if you're driving Um, but if you want something fresh from the holy spirit i would love i would love you to just join me in prayer father god I thank you that you're not limited by time, you're not limited by space, you're not limited by anything. And this year, 2022, I believe that you are going to pour a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Let us know you more. Let us know you deeper. And for the people that are praying at home or the people that are listening and go, yeah, I want some of that. I ask that you fall upon them afresh today. In Jesus' name, I ask that they feel your peace. They feel your joy. They feel your strengthening. They feel your comforting. They feel your counsel. They feel your guidance. They can feel your arms wrapping around them, God, because you're a good God. You want to take us further. You want to walk alongside of us and we don't want to miss out. We do not want to be spirit-filled and live a mediocre life this year. So Jesus, I thank you that you be with them. I thank you that you fill them fresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au and of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say day. Bye.